Welcome back, fans of the OneCast. If you want to know what it takes to become a local professional angler with over 40 years of experience, you're not going to want to miss this episode. We're joined by our great friend, Hal Abshire. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day. Welcome back, fans of the OneCast. Happy New Year. It is officially 2024. And if you didn't check our first episode out, you're going to want to rewind and check that out because our awesome guest that we have today is also a great friend of his. So, guys, how are we doing today? Well, well, this is actually our first episode of 2024. Whatever. It yeah. aired today. But this we're recording this on the one year anniversary when we released our first episode. So that's kind of cool. So exactly one year ago today, January 4th, uh, the first episode came out. Uh, so, yeah, it's crazy. And then our 53rd episode came out. <laughs> I, man, I tell you what, it's uh, it's nice we've come a long ways because I remember last year it was cold in the studio. That's right. We got some heat now, so it's all it's all good. Yeah, we got a little space <laughs> heater that's pumping, uh, but that was provided by our great friends at, uh, at OneCast Fishing. And speaking of OneCast Fishing, head on over to OneCastFishing.com. Use the code the one cast. Ben has all the snagless jigs. So if you want to join the snagless revolution, get your hands on those snagless jigs, those weedless net heads, the long neck hooks were which were which are fire, and then the soft plastics and apparel. Check the apparel line out at one cast fishing. You can see the uh, the podcast apparel there. If you guys support that, it's going to support the show. And it's going to continue bringing you awesome guests like we have lined up today. In addition to that, if you guys are trying to discover your perfect piece of paradise, you want to get a hold of Eric Schwinn with Mossy Oak Properties. Um, he works in the Sand Hills area. So if you're dreaming of owning your own slice of nature's beauty, look no further than Eric Schwinn with Mossy Oak Properties, your premier land agent for finding that perfect land to call your own in the Fort Bragg, now Fort Liberty area and surrounding areas. Whether you're seeking a tranquil gateway, a prime hunting spot, or a scene uh, retreat for your family, Eric has the ideal piece of land waiting for you. With a wide ra uh, range of properties featuring stunning natural landscapes, rolling hills, pristine waterways, and abundance of wildlife, Eric's committed to helping you find the perfect place to build your dreams. Whether you're an out, avid outdoors enthusiast, a nature lover, or simply seeking a peaceful um, escape, he will find the land to match your vision. In fact, he's out there using the side-by-side -side right now to help somebody out. So don't miss out on the opportunity to own your very own piece of paradise. Contact Eric Schwinn and Mossy Oak Properties of the Sand Hills today to make your dream of owning land a reality. Contact him at 936-494-9686, or you can email him at eschwind, that's E-S-C-H-W-I-N-D at mossyoakproperties.com. Again, E-S-C-H-I-N-D. W I N D at mossy oak properties.com. Woo. And I'll put that all in the description below moving forward. We're super excited to have Eric. Uh, this is technically his second episode. That's right. Uh, as one of our partners. So looking forward to, to getting out with him, uh, maybe shooting some, some video on some uh, properties that he's going to be uh, showcasing. Oh. And, and Trey, great job with that ad read. That was that you did it live. Yeah, yeah. That's that not pre-recorded and uh, <laughs> that's how we rolled that's, right through it. That's how rolls. <laughs> you know, uh, that's the that's the beauty of this. I mean, we've you know, this this episode, yes, it's our second episode of the new year, but we've gained a lot of great partners and met so many great people along the way. It's been an opportunity to network and talk to regional professionals, vendors, national professionals, you know, awesome people along the way. And that's what we're here 
to do today is bring our great friend Hal Abshire, who has fished tournaments for over 40 years. In fact, his very first tournament was before any of us were born, and that does not date him. No. <laughs> Real quick, though, before we bring Hal on, uh, if you're listening to this, tomorrow kicks off Raleigh Expo. We'll be there throughout the weekend, uh, either at uh, the OneCast Fishing Booth uh, with our partners over at Carolina Waters. Uh, I'll be over at Cashin uh, for some time Saturday and probably half a day Sunday. Uh, probably spend some time with uh, Gamma if they're there this year. I haven't. Dale hasn't gotten back to me. I know he's been super busy, but make sure if you're in the Raleigh area, North Carolina, if you're within driving distance, come on out to the Raleigh Expo Center. Check that out. How will be there with a bunch of companies. You can pick his brain and talk to him about the goings on. Uh, the following weekend will be uh, Ben will be at uh, Richmond. I'll be there Saturday and Sunday as well, uh, giving him a hand up there. And then is it the weekend after that in Knoxville? The weekend uh, after that. Ben will be lone gunning that one. So he's going to be on the road for, for the month of uh, end of January, yeah. beginning of February. If you're in any of those areas, check out those shows. Swing by. Uh, say hi to Ben. He'll have some hats and shirts to uh, to for purchase there. And, of course, his whole line of uh, jigs and everything. I'm sure some show special. So mm-hmm. uh, just wanted to make sure we put that out there before we brought Hal on because we don't want to interrupt this conversation we're going to have. There's going to be a ton of great information let, let's keep Hal in suspense before we bring him on real quick. Uh, is there anything new in the bass fishing world right now? Pete, you, uh, you, you sent us something earlier that I don't know if it's worth talking about, but yeah, we can pretty bring interesting. It up real quick. Actually two things. So the MPFL roster came out. We'll That's talk right. through that, uh, here probably in an episode. We'll designate, uh, dedicate to that like we do every year but some big names on that with kyle welcher coming over uh david fritz and, and some other uh you know legends names coming over there it's going to be uh it's going to be an 127 anglers, 27 anglers so we'll yep. talk more on that but north carolina if y'all listen to our episode of Corey oakley with ncwrc uh, i'm not going to try to tell you his title because i'll butcher it it's long but he's basically <laughs> the lead inland fisheries biologist um, we <laughs> so. talked we talked about the slot limit on sharon harris uh, and there hadn't really been the scientific evidence to back up that it was uh, hurting. Uh, they didn't think that there were, it was necessary. But now the data is showing a decline in, in fish health overall. Uh, and they're attributing that to the slot limit and mm-hmm. a lack of uh, keep, a lack of fish kill, a lack of harvest, however you want to put it. Uh, so they're proposing for 2024, 2025. Drum, drum, I'm trying to drum roll here for you guys. <laughs> the removal of the slot limit on Harris. So they're going to go to, as it is on this side of the state, uh, two under 14, the rest over 14. Um, so we're looking forward to hopefully that going through. They've tried a few times in the past. It's always been uh, pushed back on. But as we know with Corey, he did not feel that uh, that was going to happen uh, this this go around so looking forward 15 to- years 15 years of data yeah to to now bring this to the table but you know better late than never you know the only concern and i would consider harris my home like the only concern i would have is now there's if this does get passed there's going to be an extreme amount of pressure on that body water oh, every fishing. tournament's going every go tournament's going to go there but you know, we talked about stunting the growth of bass and, and stuff like that. And so hopefully this alleviates some of that pressure and, and allows some of those largemouth to grow even bigger than what they were before. So we'll see. It's a, I don't know. You just got to trial and error that thing and see if it works. You know what I mean? I mean, it, so 
there'll be a lot of tournament pressure out there, but it goes from being a tournament terrible, uh, a terrible tournament leg to everyone goes out and catches 15, 17 pounds. Yep. So it should be. I'm, a, sh- I'm sure Hal can can speak to the history of Harris. He's and probably we, we, fished we, her a few times. We, we've been we've been keeping him, uh, you know, in suspense the whole time and jumping on. But Hal Abshire, regional local pro, professional angler. And he just pulled something pretty cool out of his pocket, which looks like a map. Is that a map of Sharon Harris? That's the original map of 19-whatever when it first opened up. That's what we had to live by to find out what Sharon Harris was all about. Wow. So I thought I would bring you youngins a map of Sharon Harris that we actually had to go up to their headquarters and get that, and that was gold back then. Really? No one had a map of Sharon Harris. None of us knew what it was about. That's I have fished it since day one it's opened up. And I would guarantee my co-angler that we would have 20 keepers in the boat by 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And back then it was 10 fish limit. So okay. we had to have 10 fish limit. And so by 9 o'clock, me and my co-anglers would have 20 fish. I'll tell you what, Hal. I This is the original copy? That's it. So can I make a copy sure. of that? Because I want to frame that and put that here in the studio. That is the original. That's, that's awesome. I, I, uh, I talked to Jeff about this. I said, I'm going to bring them a little surprise tonight. And I was thinking about this the whole time when you said you wanted me on. And I said, I want to bring something that y'all have never seen before. Yeah. And you can see how old that paper is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that I have a file. And, and I could tell everybody to do this, too. I keep a file on every lake and river that I fish. And I've got it. In, in, in Halmart, my garage, right. my shop. And so every lake and river I go to, I open that up and I go back into everything I have in there for history, all the way from the 80s, 90s to, to now. And that has stayed in my files from from then. And you'll see I marked a couple of places. So you don't have yeah, to that's look what at I'm that looking at. <laughs> I, 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 I was, was taking a mental close. picture of that bad boy, you know? And I'm like, it's even <laughs> saying what baits to work in, the, in those areas. We're, we're going to go mm-hmm. back. <laughs> but you got to think that was back in the in the 80s right there. Wow. Um, that, and I literally had to go to their headquarters to get that. And, and we all lined up to go get them. And that was uh, that was Sharon Harrison in his prime time. Did, did they ever come out with a... Uh, Contour map? I don't think I've a ever paper seen the old, map. the old paper. I've never seen yeah. one. I remember I, I've had some having to use them like 20 years ago because I, I didn't have sonar. I have one for maps, Jordan that I use to this day because yeah. you, can, you can sometimes find stuff you just don't see on the graphs. Well, I've got I've got some from back then on Jordan, too, because I fished Jordan and Harris back when they first opened up, both of them like that. And um, it was, Harris was just tremendous back mm. then. Just, they opened pretty close to one another. Correct? They did. They did same year everything so okay that that right there is is i mean that was my original paper well the next time you see that paper not in your filing cabinet it's going to be <laughs> yeah, right, right. right we're going to frame and, and, and that lake has a special place in in my heart for sure but you know a lot of these lakes you you have so much experience and like we talked about you've been fishing tournaments since 1980 is that I correct my very first one on lake gaston 1980 okay. and uh i was in the military so before you knew it, I had to go off to Iceland to go chase Russians out of the air. Mm. And um, so we come back. When I came back from there, all I thought about was I got all these Bassmaster magazines coming to me while I'm in Iceland. I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to go back and fish. And, you know, and uh, so when I come back, I was like, I got to do something. So I was joined a club and they didn't want to join. They didn't want nobody else to do anything else. Didn't want to bring people in. I said, forget this. I'm going to start a club. And I started a club and um, 
next thing you know, it become one of the biggest clubs around in, um, you know, Carolina Bassers in, in um, 1983. And I think I was telling Pete, I said, um, we had as many as 75, 77 members at one time. And uh, then we got the biggest youth group there was. And so it just just become a great club. And it was so if, if you couldn't win there, you you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have progressed anymore. I right. mean, it was yeah. that it was that tough. So um, and we fished all over, and so that I mean we pulled up. They they thought it was a mini MLF, MLF come up. So uh, yeah, it was crazy. It was yeah. really good. And so, it's still going today. <clears throat> I fished that club, and uh, there's still some there's still some sticks in that bad yeah. boy. They, they'll take your lunch money and hurry on these local lakes. Well, that that's kind of the cool. Well, we got a giant sticker, <clears throat> and the and the fans can't see that, but we got a giant stick over here. And but you know fishing since you know the 1980s. But let's rewind before that. So you were in the military. What what got you? Because you're from here, correct? Right. You're, so here is uh, in North Carolina. I guess this would be considered central North Carolina. Lee County is I'm so County. from Harney County. So um, what drove you into this into this passion? I'd been fishing ever since I was in diapers, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's just it was just my family. Everything was outdoors, you know, hunting and fishing, and um, you know, I just all my life that's all I'd ever done, and uh, so. I just had a passion for it, and, and picking up a Bassmaster magazine, just that's what you read. And then, and then in the middle of the year, you'd wait for uh, the uh, the catalog to come out from Bass Pro Shops. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh my God, we read and read and read and read. You know, everything was just a big deal. You didn't have the internet, and that's all you had was stuff like that. And so I just I built up on that, and I'd go fish farm ponds, farm ponds, and. And then when I started this club, it's like, man, this is harder. I'm in mm-hmm. farm ponds. I could walk around and catch the same fish over and over, but fishing these, so you really had to learn. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I had flashers on my boat, you know, and 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 now everybody's like got all this electronics and everything, and I learned with flashers. Yeah. And um, it, it was a great it was a great learning curve because we would keep tape in a boat. And mark a tree with with the surveyor tape that there was a stump or there's a log or there's rocks down there, or you would do you would put it on this side, knowing that it was on this other side because you know somebody seen your tape and fishing that area right there, so you'd mark the other side, fake them out, you know, hey, yeah, no, it's just opposite of yellow tape. <laughs> yep. So when you see yellow tape up in the trees, we knew <laughs> that somebody was marking something. So we used to do all kinds of stuff like that. I'd seen guys take medicine bottles and put string in it and let it be floating there'd be a log down there or something like that just something did you did you ever um who told us this i forget the episode we were on um they would they were doing it up north but it was an old school they they were doing a crappie but i guess bass they would catch their fish then they would attach a bobber to it Mm -hmm. and then watch where that bob you know let it loose and watch where that bobber went be like oh there's more over there i've seen guys do it with balloons (laughs) (laughs) oh really oh yeah oh yeah yeah, I wow. can't remember who told us that, but yeah, that, that's how they used to find schools of crappie was uh, was tying a balloon or a bobber or something to them, let them go back to the brush pile. Mm. So you you started the club. I mean, that really is, in my opinion, that's really the grassroots sure. of the competitive angling side of it. You know, um, angling in general, like we all know, less than one percent of the angling population fishes competitively but from the competitive side that is the grassroots what kind of what kind of challenges did that pose for you but also what kind of doors did that open for you that kind of springboarded you into where you are today well from from 
starting the club and then fishing the club, you learn to fish against different people, not just your buddies that you've been pond fishing with or river fishing with. And then people brought in different techniques that all of a sudden, oh, man, I've never tried that before. Let me try that. And you learn from different people. Ones that would talk are the ones that just <laughs> left a rod out too many times yeah. that you got stuff. <laughs> but the, the door, the biggest door that opened for me was um, that I won uh, a big, just a big award for, for Federation. I, I made Bassmaster of the Year for North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And that was huge. That was, that was gigantic. And I remember when the pro's wife told me, she says, you know, you're only as good as your last win. And this is a gigantic win for you. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, doors just opened up for me from industry. And this was when industry was really good, you know, going after people and everything. And when I won Bassmaster of the Year for North Carolina, that was a gigantic, gigantic opening for me. So through the club, I won a bunch of tournaments. I learned how to fish tournaments. And then I got this great award, and um, so that kind of got me more into the industry. Okay. So that helped me out there. And, um, you know, I'd already been working industry a little bit, but then that really got me in into the to the deal there. Yeah. Then you're and, – and I want, I want to ask, like, in Carolina Bassers, <laughs> you started that in 80, what, 82? 83. 83. And how long did you stay in that club for? Hmm. <sighs> good 20 years maybe maybe you know and fishing other stuff i started fishing the bfls and i'm like i should have stopped maybe 10 years ago i wanted to go i wanted to go pro i was gonna when i got out of service i was gonna go and never forget my wife says okay we'll sell everything and we'll get out and follow you (laughs) then people wasn't homeschooling their kids and doing this now pros are doing this taking their families and I'm like, man, I can't do this to them. You know, something messes up. You know, I got my daughter and my wife. They, they've said, yeah, we're going to follow you. And I said, you know what? I'll just fish local and I'll just work my way up. So then I start fishing some bigger tournaments and bigger trails. And, and that's where I can still keep my home and not, yeah, right. know, not, not lose it either, you know. Yeah, I mean, like we all talk about professional angling, and I throw that in air quotes. But, like, yeah, I mean, if you qualified for the elites or qualified for the Bass Pro Tour, you know, in, in certain people's opinions, they believe that that is the only professional competitive bass fishing. And then there's others that don't believe that. They say, if you can make a living off doing that and providing for your family, well, that's pretty much your profession. And granted, you retired from the military, but, you know, a lot of our viewers ask the questions a lot of times, like, you know, how, how can I get in the industry? And I think what a, that question really translates to is, how can I be a professional angler? Um, but in your opinion, and that's kind of what we're here to talk about today is there's much, there's a, there's a lot more than just the national level touring angler from the competitive side. You've clearly done a fantastic job. Can you kind of explain like how that came to be and, and some of your greatest lessons learned along the journey? Well, I think we had talked earlier before we got on camera, the very, very first, um, sponsor I got was off of a handshake and and i saw their hat and i said man i love that hat well, i was up in virginia at, at a classic and then i said man that, that spinnerbait really looks cool so i told the guy i said um you know I've, i really like to work your bait i'm gonna i'm gonna fish a big tournament coming up and i said uh, i'd like to maybe get up with you people and he said well i'll tell you what if you do good in the tournament coming up and if you win we'll strike up a deal 
And it's like I was telling you, I said, my very first contract come off of a handshake. Mm-hmm. Because he told me flat out, and I told him, I said, well, I don't know where you're from, but North Carolina, men's word is as good as anything else, you know. And that's when he buffed up to me. I said, well, I'm from Oklahoma. And then, by God, I'm going to shake your hand on it. And we shook the hand. I won the top six tournament, big, big regional tournament on, um, on Roanoke River. Got a big newspaper right up, and I sent it to him. They sent me a gigantic box of spinner baits, buzz baits, everything they had. And I stayed with them for like 10 years, maybe. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just fantastic. But what I would tell people is, everybody always calls me up and asks me. You know, I was with them, the big bait company out of Japan they, for years, and no one could ever get with them. I was the only one in North Carolina with them. And um, I would always tell somebody, you know, everybody wants to go the easy way. Nobody, everybody wants a handout. They just don't work for it. Is go to these shows, meet the reps, just like you, Ben. You know, you go to the shows, you have a booth, and you, you'll see people come up and ask you, ask you, ask you. But... Go and help the rep. Meet meet Ben. You know, say, can I help you? Let me help you tear down. Let me help you. I'll come back Sunday. Help. That's how you learn the company. Not only just to do that, but learn the company ahead of time. You know, I would study a company. I've even as much as went to the, I want to see what they did in stock. If yeah. it was a public company, I would see what, what kind of money they were making. Mm-hmm. I studied them. I mean, I did homework on them. I, uh, you know, I had a big company that I was going to look at. I studied way back on it, what, what products they made, what companies they, they worked with. Know that stuff before you ever get up to someone like Ben, you know, come up to a booth and say, hey, I know that you're making this also, you know. So I, I, I would go and, and, and work a lot of the shows. And as I worked shows for one company, I'd take a break. Well, I'd walk around the show a little bit. And I'm like, hey, and they see you in a suit and everything, you know, you got your, you got your tournament shirt on, tournament hat, you're looking sharp. <laughs> hey, hey, come here a minute. You know, I'd like for you to do this. Okay, let's talk. But that's how you get going. Once you get into all these shows that's coming up, go around and talk to somebody. I had a group of kids come around one time. They, was, they, they come up to a big show that I was in. I was with one of my sponsors, Sunglass Company out of, out of Florida, Keys. And they come up and they're going, spitting in, in a bottle. Well, we want you to sp- want sponsor us, you know. <laughs> I'm like, and the woman was freaking out. She's going, now she's from Florida Keys. I've never seen anybody spit before, you know. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, i got to talk to these guys, you yeah. know. So, and, and, and I, I grabbed them off to the side. And I was young. I said, man, y'all can't do that. I said, you're freaking her around. So it's the way you approach people, too, you know. Just think about when you go up somebody. It's almost like a job interview. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, so. that's a those are great points there because we we've had this conversation before, like with Trent Palmer on because you know in Sonar Pros and obviously we've had it amongst ourselves. But um, number one is you know for anyone out there who, who who wants to get sponsored or work with companies, you got to know the company, right? Ideally, if you if you're asking for stuff, you've used our products before. There you go. Right. That's that's the number one thing. Or you or you better have like a million social media followers, right? To, mm-hmm. But you you need to use their products. Um, you gotta meet them. As much as this industry, I mean there's a million companies out there, but it's still very small. When you go around all these shows, you see the same people. Mm-hmm. Even in iCast and the Bassmaster Classic, like we're all seeing the same people when we're there. Uh, obviously there's events there's there's more you know, companies and, and, and folks there, but it's still very, very small. So you, you got to know the folks, you got to use their products. And then like when, when we had Trent on, like if, 
if you're really serious about working with a company, like go to them and explain how you're going to make it worth their while in a sense. Um, Provide that value add. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I don't, you know, that's just an education piece. A lot of people don't think about that, especially, you know. Yeah. And and just to build on that, like like how said you're only you're only as good as your last victory. And we're going to talk about that's not necessarily the mentality anymore. Now, social media plays such a huge role who you can get, you know, the information out to how you present that information. Um, But I can tell you right now, you know, I'm blessed. I know a lot of people with a lot of different companies and and a lot of high positions in different positions. And I see it at every show that I go to. The quickest way to make sure you never work with that company is to watch, walk up to them and start bashing the guy in the booth next to him and his product. It doesn't matter if you're complaining about their hooks, what you're complaining about, they put on the hard baits, whatever it is. 99.99% of those guys are going to sit there, nod and smile, and then they're going to put you on a blacklist somewhere. Um, <laughs> nobody wants to hear Nobody wants to hear that. You know, the industry is small. Everybody knows everybody, uh, especially with the bigger companies. Folks move from company to company. They, they bounce around. They take mm-hmm. different opportunities. You, and, and we talked about it off camera. We'll have Hal talk about it again. You don't know who is going to run that company next week, next month, next year, 10 years. I mean, we're, we're about to enter silly season, as everyone calls it. it. And all, yeah. all, all the pro, all the pros are switching from from bullet to ranger. Yeah. I mean, and they're going to explain that their new boat or new rod company they're they're working where is now the best. Where there's last year, it was the previous company. That, that's just the way it works in the business. That's, you know, uh, I hopefully none of us holds it against them because they're just trying no. to make a dollar you gotta too, make, right? You got to make exactly. They got to pay their way. It, and and a, I've already seen the bash in a Hank Cherry because he left. He left pure fishing and yeah. all them and went with uh, level and, and but a few other companies. What my point is stuff. with those guys is you very rarely do you hear them bashing the company that they're leaving. Right. I'm leaving this company because of these bad reasons. That's why I'm going here. It's usually because, as they, we all just talked about, they may be going back there in two or three years because of you. Know, we don't. You, no one knows how the the landscape's gonna you know shake out here. So um, it, it's always. You know, it's, you don't want to burn bridges. That's what I'm trying to go for. So, yeah. so, you, well, you, don't, you don't want to walk over a bridge and then burn it so you can't go back across. Well, <laughs> we, we talked about that off camera, Hal. Where do you think, besides going to the shows, and, and I'm kind of tying into like fishing local tournaments, because you do so many of them. In fact, you have over 170 just total top five finishes that I'm looking at right here on your fishing resume. And I want to get to resumes too later. But where are the bridges built? We always talk about burning the bridges, but besides the shows, do you believe that you start building those bridges at those local tournament levels? Definitely, definitely. You, you do that and then, you know, build from there, say club level, go like what the BFLs used to be. We'd go BFLs, we'd go to the next one. Then if you're going to move on up there like that or go opens, go somewhere and build yourself up. But you're learning every step as you go. And you're not only learning, but what's happening here is people are getting to know who you are. Right. So they're seeing you, and they're seeing you at the shows. They're seeing you at the tournaments. I had a pro come up to me at ICAST, and I went up and introduced myself. He says, dude, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest compliment I'd had, you know. He goes, I, he says, I, I learned all about you. He said, if I come down here and fished in your area, I knew that you had to be one of the guys I had to beat. Mm-hmm. He said, I read about you I don't know how many times, and I had never met him. 
I'm sorry, I met him one time and I didn't think he, you know, he says, dude, I know exactly who you are because I studied you. And then that got me going. I'm like, he's on my level because I, I studied people too. Right. So that's why I keep a file on every lake, every river I go. But I also keep magazine articles on the lakes and rivers. And I break it down. If it says, hey, this was September, then I got a September time frame. If I'm going to fish a lake, river in that September, I'll go back to that magazine article. Mm-hmm. It might have been 20 years ago, but it's still something in there is going to, hey, yeah, yeah, there's something there. So I go from club on up, keep working, working. People are going to see who you are. It used to be newspapers used to really write about you. Now it's social media writing about you. Yep. Uh, back when I was really doing it, you really made friends with all the newspaper people you could. And so I was really on a first-name basis with all the editors, all the outdoors, the sports guys, the magazine guys, because that was my social media outlet. Right. Now it's like, you know, I got I, I got a promotion guy now. He's helping me. You know, I can't keep up with it. And so I got my promotion friend here, Jeff Makar, he's helping me by keeping me straight for social media. So yeah. we're working on all my social media stuff now because I don't it's not the newspapers, it's not the magazine articles as much. And you've got to be up in social media. Now, they don't care that I've got 170 top fives. Right. Now they care is how many people do I have following, following me? Yeah. I just signed a, a big contract last year. First thing, first sentence on this big company was, how many followers do you have? Then they want to know what I've done. And, you know, it's, it's been something else, you know. Um, so if you start losing people, you better find a way to gain them. And we were talking about that. You know, I said, man, i got to get started back on my social media. I've been, I've been out for a little bit here, about a month or so. So I've been, this is my off season, so I'm kind of recovering from some stuff. And so I'm like, got to get back on social media because it's killing me. You know? Yeah, and um, so yeah, so, it's not it's not your off season. You're you're sitting right here right now. <laughs> this is starting it. Yeah, and for folks, you know, you can't see him, but Jeff is off to the side, and and he's he's actually recording us right now. Yeah. I'm trying not to look at him, uh, but you know, like social media isn't everything, right? You said like the editors wrote. I mean, there it's a lot of things, but like there are still a lot of businesses that respect that handshake and respect how you conduct yourself in in a manner of being a steward of whatever profession you're in or whatever sport you're a part of now yeah the editors used to write about you but now people write about themselves through their behavior right and so because there's so much visibility everywhere you can't escape it what are your thoughts on the conduct of an angler when you were coming through versus the conduct of anglers now, do you feel like it's changed to being a more professional reserved or do you think it's more loud and boisterous? And do you think it helps build or burn those bridges that we talked about? I think it's changed. It's changed a whole lot from when I started out because it was more, we were all to ourselves. There was nobody filming us. You know, we we used to talk about this and man, I wish we could get a movie camera. (laughs) You know, we used to literally say that because of the stuff because my God, the fish we were catching back in the day, you know, they weren't beat up like they are now, you know. Right. And the fish have really gotten smart compared to what when I was really starting fishing. I mean, they really have. They've been beat to death. So, um, so yeah, that. And and you look now, somebody somebody sees that red light on, on some boy that now it's like a 360. Yeah. I, I got to act up. I got to do this or I got to talk more. 
so you you know when that light's on you. You know when that light is on you, it's like okay, I got to change around. I got to put my my cape on now. But I'm, I'm a different person. Yeah. And I've seen guys like that, and all of a sudden, as soon as that red light's off, it's like yeah. Hey, how? What you? What's going on next? You know. It's, it, but before that, it's got to be loud and it's got to be proud type deal. Um, you know, and, and I, I still go on a handshake when I go. Guys were ticking me. In fact, Jeff and I was talking about you know before you know, and another guy was talking about. He said, "Man, no one can follow you around at a show because everybody's coming up, shaking hand, talking to you. You can go five feet, five feet, five feet, and talk." But that's making, that's making people in the industry, your friends, your yeah. family. Uh, because when I go to a show, it's more like a reunion to me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it it really is. It's it's crazy. It's it's everybody talks about it. We're all friends, and you're right, Ben. If 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 you talk bad about somebody or Pete, you know, it's going to come back and burn you. Yep. So mm-hmm. you you've got to realize that. And, and just like you talking about bashing, I had a guy that used to try to bash everybody, and we told him, I said, I'm telling you, you need to stop now. Because it will come back, not only by you, but by company. Now, I, what I tell every company, and, I, and you know, I started this off on my own, no help, trying to do everything. But I've always told everybody that I represent you 24-7, seven days a week, both on and off the water. So what I do off the water, I still represent you. Yep. So if I'm messing up, it's going to get back to you yep. somehow, some form. And so I've always told every company that, and I still believe that today. You you absolutely nailed that. And that I, I tell folks that a lot of time, like when you put that sticker on your vehicle or that logo on your jersey or you're wearing that hat and, and you're out there, you are representing that company, whether you're fishing or not. You are now associated with that company. And and I'll just tell a quick story that, that I heard, you know, from, from somebody, you know, Hank, Hank Cherry when he first started fishing professionally was with Evan Williams whiskey mm-hmm. and he had his boat wrapped and he was fishing a local tournament <clears throat> on Norman, which is his local Lake. And this is from the guy that was fishing with him. It was a team tournament. Uh, who's a good buddy of his, his name, first name's Craig. I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw Craig under the bus, but they were fishing a dock and we know there's, there's people that don't like people fishing docks. Right. <laughs> so a lady came down and said something, Hey, get off my dock. And, and basically Hank was like, we can fish your dock. I'm not hitting it. We're okay. Well, that lady turned around and went in the house and called Evan Williams and basically said he was out here cussing her and doing all this stuff. They were still on the water. Phone Phones were a fairly new thing, but he gets a phone call that at the same time from the, the Evan Williams. Hey, what is going on? Some lady just called, mm-hmm. said you're out there. So that's a perfect example. When you're out there wearing your jersey, wrap boat, truck stickers, whatever it is, you're always representing that company. And the way that you act is going to reflect. When I see somebody do something stupid and I see, I'm just, I'll just throw, I'll use Cashin because I represent them. If they have a Cashin shirt on, I'm going to associate, well, why does Cashin put up with somebody like that? Right. Why, why are they part, you know, is that really a company that I want to, I want to support when they have people out here acting this way? So you really have to think about that 24 seven. And like, like Hal said, I think Trey said too, like it doesn't shut off now. So with social media, somebody's always got a camera. It's always going to get out there when you're acting a fool. Uh, so just carrying yourself professionally at all times, uh, we've talked about before. So it's it's good to hear how, you know, reiterate that and how important it is to carry yourself um, and, and just be, be yourself too. Because you talked about guys turning on when that red light comes on. It still happens. I think it was mm-hmm. Matty Robertson on, right. on, on Mercer's podcast said, you know, there's 110 guys on the elites. He said maybe eight of them are, are who they really are all the time. 
the rest you're just seeing an act when you're up there. Yeah. And, and that, you know, there's companies now that look for that. Are you the same person all the time? What do you like behind closed doors? And, and so it's, you know, it's important to carry yourself, um, how you would, you, you would want to have somebody represent you. If they were wearing your name on their shirt, how, how you would want them to act. I almost feel like, you know, we got stickers all over our vehicles. We're not that cool. And we don't have our vehicles wrapped, but I almost feel like I need a magnet that says, how's my driving? Cause I'm so scared to like <laughs> misrepresent like the podcast or, you know, some of the promotional staff companies that we're affiliated with, because that, it is true, man. Like, you know, you are a, you are what you report, right? And if you report yourself in public like an idiot, well then that's going to reflect back on who you represent. Um, but I think that social media has done some good, right? Uh, and it has helped some anglers, break out of that that shell of everybody's cookie cutter and looks the same because some of those personalities are good for business right and so based on your experience like working your way with all these companies um and social media now has that changed your behavior at all or has have you seen it benefit others that may have not been themselves but now they're kind of turning into more of themselves talking the social media stuff has it helped you has it changed you? Have you seen it change a lot of people? As far as change wise, I got my own brand because of it now. Yeah. Yep. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus, but, um, I can't grow a beard. Like, like, and like him and Shaw have a little. Uh, they got the competition. Competition <laughs> going on. If you if you didn't catch the reference, you guys got to go back and listen to the previous episode. I promise you, this one compliments that. So. Well, Shaw and I, every time we see each other. Shaw always says, all right, who's got the best? And we're always pulling. But I tell him, mine can come down. It's coming down all the way down. I'm going to have it long. That's going to come out and do this. So I actually got my brand now. So yeah, I get my man. clothing out. So, oh, uh, you that's know, awesome. Fish Fear Dust Ash. That's know, right. That's right. So because of that, um, Jeff's wife actually made me this. That's and awesome. this has been my brand now. So this is starting to be, that's my social media. So, all my boats have all been wrapped. My trucks were wrapped and everything, and I quit it. I finally like, let's let's stop because when you have a wrapped boat, you have a wrapped truck, people follow you. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was up on Car Lake. I was up in a creek that way up in the Virginia side, and a guy come up here and says, "Man, I've been looking all over for you. Guys, all told me where you were." I said, "How did they know?" He said, "Are you kidding me? You're in this wrapped boat. Everybody knows where you are." <laughs> so I talked to some other sponsors. I said, "Look, let's just." Let's just stop the, the rat boat for a little bit, you know. And um, rat boats are great for companies. I mean, they're really good, but it's bad for you sometimes when you're, yeah. when you're out there and everything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've had people just come up right beside you and just start waypointing where you're at and everything. Yeah, Binoculars have done everything. And I used to say, why are y'all following me? I'm lost, too. I'd like to throw it out <laughs> that way, you know. But, but, yeah. But as far as that, yeah, I've got my own brand now because of social media. Uh, we we're talking about putting up a clothing line on, on this. I'm going to do a whole deal with this, and yeah. uh, so uh, we've we, we've made stickers. We've his wife uh, made me the stickers and everything. So we're we're putting out, put them on my boat and everything. So it's been pretty neat. You yeah, know? that's awesome. So that's that's helped me for branding wise and everything. So I'm doing that. Uh, but has it not changed me? No, no, not at all. And I don't want to. Yeah. You know, um, I still believe in the handshake. I, I still believe in that face-to-face, -face, and I want to be like that. I, I want to go up to you and say, hey, you know, thank you for being with me. I, I've got sponsors that I've been with for like 15 years, almost 20 years, 
we're family. Yep. And I called him up um, this past year, and the lady asked me, she said, how are you calling me up because we're late on getting you some of your product? And I said, no. She said, is something wrong? And I said, no. She said, well, what's going on? I said, I just want to say thank you. Yeah. It was complete, like, drop the phone, like, here's the mic, you know. And she said, oh, my God, no one's ever done that. I said, well, I just wanted to thank you. You know, she says, we just love you, you know. And But that went a long way, yeah, right. you know. I did that with another company. The lady who actually sends my hooks to me sent me a card and said, I'm sorry we're late because we're out of stock on this certain brand. And I just called her up and I said, you know, hey, I just wanted to thank you for, for letting me know and thank you for what you do. And she and again, she goes, oh, my God, no one's ever done that. But it made her day because here's a lady working in there. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to tell. If I could tell anybody that, be sure to say thank you. Yeah. You know, my right. God, thank you will go a long way. You know, and they'll remember that because everybody else has got the handout for the show, not the handshake, like I was telling people. Yeah. This is the biggest handout shake there is. And just say thank you. Just, yeah. I mean, come back to the people. These people are, you know, they don't have to do this for us in the first place, you know. Yep. And for me to be with this company this long, well, I've got two of them, like I said, 15 to 20 years. Yeah. They're family. Mm-hmm. One calls me brother all the time, and he runs the whole company. He says, you're like my brother, you know. And, and how many big companies will say that to you? But I have built that that up with these, these companies yeah. this way. Yeah. And um, – and it's just because you stay who you are, you know. Yeah. You don't become a diva. You, you have more value. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I've seen the divas. Yeah. I, I've been in a booth with one guy. I got out of the booth because I said, if it rains in here, he's going to drown. <laughs> you know, just flat out. I mean, I just flat out said it. And I, and I walked out and I said, when you get him out, I'll come back. Because that yeah. boy's going to drown in a minute. Yeah. Oh, you should have put your sponsored it's, rain suit on. It's, oh. <laughs> it's, it's important to remember it's a part, a partnership. And, it is. and while it is transactional to a point because you're you're getting product or a discount on product, you're providing them money and time, it's still a partnership. You know, they're going to help promote you. You're going to help promote them. And it's important to let them know, you know thank you for, for letting me represent you and work with right. you. But I also you also brought up something really interesting when you talked about how you created, you know, you have a brand now. And I think it, it got me thinking, like, your brand as an angler now is how people associate you. It's not – they don't associate an angler with – they don't associate a company with an angler. They associate an angler with a company, if that makes sense. So yep. the anglers first now, where it used to be if you thought, like, Team Toyota, you instantly thought Ike and Ellie. You thought of Gerald Swindle. That now, you know, it is still a little shocking when those those guys switch from a sponsor. But it's more, you know, the brand. We talk. We've talked at length about Milliken fishing. The guy yeah. built his brand, Ben Milliken, before he really stepped into the big tournament to where he he knew folks. People knew his name. He could provide value, and he did that all through social media. Uh, you see, Chris Aldane's getting really big on social media. Um, Oh, who's who's Australian angler? Uh, Carl Jockers. Carl Jockers. I can't believe I forgot Fear Carl's my name. Heart. Fear yeah. my heart built yeah. his brand. Howell's building his brand. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hank Cherry has built his brand with his own logo. All yeah. these folks. And think of all the people who built their fishing brands who have never picked up a rod in a yeah, tournament. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and a, there's there's plenty of YouTube I, folks out there with a million subscribers that have never fished a tournament in their life. Yeah. It's amazing you say that. I've got a friend that didn't have a boat, didn't have nothing. But he would fish as a co-angler a little bit. And they were sending him all kinds of stuff. You know, he says, oh, man, I'm getting everything. But it's social media. That's what he was doing. Yeah. It's, yeah. You, you know, people, people love to bash on social media. It's an easy, it's an easy thing. 
um, I, you guys know this, but I'm a big fan of it because I can't think of a time in history when a few companies have gotten so big, not to the detriment of the little guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because you think of all the individual brands, small companies that can produce product and sell internationally from their house. Yeah. And like you could never do that 25 years ago. No. no. And um, so it's kind of like leveled the playing field in a lot of ways. And I mean, and that's some of the reason why we're seeing some of the issues in the industry because everything's changing. And right. that's just the whole world's changing that way. Um, but it, it, it's for the co-anglers. They can be just as valuable yep. to a company as, you know, one of your top name pros. Yeah. It, it just depends on how well they push push that. It, it all comes down to content. Content's king. Whoever's making the best content is getting the most sure. views. And some of that we may enjoy. It may be really educational. Yeah. I think we all enjoy the educational learning point. Other people love the comedic over the top. Yeah. But that's their preference. It's good advertising all the way around. You know, I mean, so... And it, it's crazy to think how, you know, how talked about fishing in the, in the 80s and, and coming up. He's like, man, I wish we had a movie camera. Yeah. And now everyone's got these, a movie. <laughs> a lot of these pro anglers have an entire film crew following them around and basically shooting a movie at every time. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're shooting in, in ultra high death and slow motion and they got drones and they've got all this wild stuff going on uh, because they understand that. You know, we talked about it before. One percent of anglers, right, are, are tournament anglers. They follow what's going on, whether it's regionally, nationally, internationally. The rest of those touch points that used to be how me, Ben, Trey, everybody growing up looking at that Bassmaster magazine, waiting for the bass, the big hardback, yeah, Bass Pros catalog to yeah. come, right, so you could see the new stuff. Now those kids those folks that are learning like us are going to youtube they're going to instagram they're going to tiktok they're going to all those places and so building your brand is how's doing you know and, and continues to grow that and and shifting with the industry instead of complaining about it or, or you know right. trying to to push back on technology and say it's ruining everything which I've, i'm well versed here that i think social media is a cesspool because of the way people <laughs> act but as a brand for myself the podcast one cast fishing how trey all of us personally it's great that i can i can push stuff out there and i can show y'all how we do do our thing so what how like what what do you how is your focus in social media you say you want you want to go for growth is, is there specific content that that you think is important or is it just you know, is it educational? Is it is it product highlight, or is it kind of all encompassing in, in social media? What what do you think, you know, for yourself or for somebody that's trying to grow is is most important? Well, Jeff and I had been talking about this, so <laughs> I'm gonna you know I'm kind of versed in this one here. They don't care what you put out. I mean, they do care if it's bashing and everything. Yeah, I don't care if it's hey, look, I'm playing with the dogs today. Yeah. I'm, all of a sudden, there's Hal Abshire out there talking, and every people's going to like it. And I'll, hey, yeah, I've got a dog. Da da da. Or Hal Abshire's got a cow out here. We're going to, you know, we're going to bring him. Now I say that because there's people here. They're 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 putting stuff out there on different things other than fishing. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, you're going, well, hey, just like for instance, I put my grandson on out there the other day. Yep, He's wearing that. my old Carolina Bassers jacket. Yep. That brought back memories. Like the guy from Ohio says, man, I can remember that. You know, you need to do a retro uh, tournament now. You know, you never know what it's going to bring and tick people and say, yeah, man, that, that's cool. I want to follow him. But it's also great for fishing wise. But 
as long as people are seeing you on the Internet, I, re- I kind of told you that I've been off for about a month. Mm-hmm. Well, just to tell everybody I've had two surgeries, and I did it during the off-season. We all do that. Yep. yep. So, I mean, I'm, I'm recovering from a knee surgery now, so I can fish again. And so that has put me behind the, the curve. Well, my boss man over here has told me I need to get off my butt and get back on social media. Yeah. I've lost 100 people off of my Instagram just because I have been slow to going back onto it because I didn't feel like it. So now I've got to do little stuff just to build up. Well, I'm not on the water. I can't even drive yet hardly. And so I've got to find other ways to do it. And so that's what we're looking at. I'm looking at different things that people want to see. But what I'm also doing in behind all that is bringing Hal Abshire back up in the crowd. No matter if it's fishing, taking a kid out, riding a gator, doing stuff like that, I'm in the limelight somewhere. So it not only goes Instagram, it goes over here to my Facebook page. Yep. So, you know, you got a couple thousand over here, got a couple thousand over here. Well, that's going to build up again, you know. Mm. Uh, so I, I, it, it goes both ways. I, I've just seen people who's pros, they don't always show about their fishing. Yep. No. They're showing, hey, I'm going hunting today, or I'm going to go. I'm going to go do this. What they're doing is, some of them have got contracts where they literally. There's one guy in particular has to do it. I think every day. I know each week he has to put stuff on internet. He has to have it. It's, it's in, yeah. it's in yeah. his contract. So consistency is is basically what we're getting at. Is more that, you know more important. It than, is keeping your face out there. It's keeping your name. And once your name is in there, it's like, hey. You know, I'm Hal Abshire. I'm, I'm associated with this company right here. This company right here. You know, hey, yeah, I seen you the other day. Well, this past year, yeah, it's already this past year. February of this past year, I had a 30-pound bag. Yep. I, the <laughs> next week, I had a 40-pound bag. Mm-hmm. Wednesday to Wednesday. That got more coverage than you never shake a stick at. Yep. I had people come to me when we fished uh, PBC. Yep. I'm going down the, the boat ramp. It's dark. I'm waiting on the guy to bring my boat up. And the guy goes, taps me on the show. Aren't you Hal Abshire? I said, yes, sir. He goes, I've been following you, man. That'd been great what you've been catching. Didn't even know the guy. Yep. But he's following me, and he's seeing that. He didn't even ask me where I caught him, because I would have told him somewhere. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, In that, the water. That, that right there, those, those two weeks right there got me more media attention than you can ever ever think about yeah not that i want anything later on but it's just those two days because we had one almost 10 pounds and one almost nine pounds in the group too so that right there has gone just gigantically well i just made the front cover of a magazine of our catalog from that one fish really and so uh daichi hooks mm-hmm. um the true turn x point Mm-hmm. They put me on front of their cover with that big fish. That's awesome. You, so, <laughs> so you know, here's an old boy from, as I told Jeff, an old country boy from Harnett County. I'm on the front page, you know. And and what I try to tell people there, I've been on front pages before, but it's amazing what it does for you for your resume. It yeah. helps you. Other people are seeing that, you know. So when they see it, and this is going all over the world. So, I mean. It's, it's well, it, and it's it, it goes into like places like Bassmaster Magazine. Yeah. So if you if you looked at the article this year, Bassmaster Magazine always rates the top 10 or top five lakes in each state. 
Jordan Lake was one of them. Yeah. And it specifically talked about the bags that were weighed in during PBC and cat trails from the tournaments that we fished that, yeah, it wasn't the 40 pound bag, but they're going to look at stuff like that. So like you're associated with things that you don't even know you're probably associated with. Um, you talked about wanting having cameras in the, in the past. The, well, just real, one mm-hmm. more thing. Like you talked about, you know, and that comes back to partnership. So they, they see him catch those fish. Daiichi recognizes the value there and they put them on the front of the catalog. Yep. You know, so those partnerships are important. Uh, and speaking of partnerships, Carolina Waters is important to us. Uh, they were one of our first partners here at the OneCast. Uh, they make awesome gear uh, for for your outdoor lifestyle, whether you're fishing, whether you're just out running around with the kids, surfing, whatever it is outside, they make something that will fit your needs. Uh, head to carolinawatersnc.com. Uh, check out their full line of outdoor apparel. They just got some really sweet hoodies on. I was trying to pick them up today. My, my order is in before the show so I could show it off, but uh, I couldn't meet up with uh, Brad over there to get them. So I'm going to get them tomorrow. So I'll have one tomorrow night for Fishing Friday uh, to show off. Um, but make sure you head to carolinawatersnc.com. Use the code the one cast, all one word at checkout. Save 20% off. Uh, get you a hat, some shirts, t-shirts, sunwear, hoodies, uh, and then there's some exciting products that are going to be coming out here soon that they've been working on. Uh, again, that's carolinawatersnc.com. Code the one cast, 20% off uh, make sure you let them know we we sent you and uh, i i just texted them today to thank them for their their partnership over the last year and hopefully our continued partnership and uh, make sure you thank them as well if you see them and, and come check us out at the show so yeah i know my i know my kids been sporting the uh the beanies because it's been drastically cold here um but how so uh talking about the 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 camera back in the or back in the day like oh we wish we had cameras following us around did we realize how much work it really took now that cameras are readily available? It's because you talk about off season, but we really don't have, and and I say we, because the podcast doesn't have an off season. The tackle company doesn't have an off season. Your brand doesn't have an off season. So how, how uh, demanding is it for you? It's very, because this man's standing over the corner. If I'm not doing something right, he'll call me up and say, <laughs> hey, we need to get this going. So I work for Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Jeff is, is so fantastic. I'm so be, beyond happy to have a friend like Jeff. Um, Jeff's background was in marketing and sales and um, just fantastic with his his just ability to push me on. Mm-hmm. you know. And without somebody like that, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm just a little boy. I'll kind of slide over here and do this and this. <laughs> so it's changed a whole lot to where now I've, I, I'm i one of the fortunate ones that's got somebody like Jeff to help me. Um, it's not every day, you know, a guy at my level will say, hey, I've got a somebody that's, that is that is in the promotion area mm-hmm. and, and sales like Jeff Makar. So Jeff is, uh, has really been my, you know, my – Night and shining armor in in, in, yeah. in the fishing industry for me, you know. Uh, so so that's been super super good to have somebody like that by myself. I don't know that I would have done it as much, <laughs> but I have always made sure. And a, a big company from Japan, I was the first one to ever give them reports. They had never had quarterly reports from nobody, nobody. And next thing you know, years later, they're like. You better give me a quarterly report. Oh. So you know, he set the bar for I you. Set the bar. So 
with all my companies, I did a quarterly report. And a lot of them had never, ever had it. That the big company I was talking to today, I gave them my reports as well. And he told me, he said, I, it's went all over. Your report has went all over. And it's because of that man right there. He's changed my reports. My reports went from the good old boy of reporting. This man here has put his thumb on it and said, hey, look, let's change it. And I'm with Onyx rain suits. You, you mm -hmm. can't go to rain suits. <laughs> you brought up the yeah. rain. I just, yeah. <laughs> before we go, we go into that, we didn't mention at the beginning when we did our rules, but any, any time you can shout out any yes. partner. Well, you don't have to, you don't have to hold back. You want. Okay. We're, we're here for you as much as you're well, here for us. I, we want to make sure they get recognized. O-N-Y-X. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Check them out, folks. But they, um, it's just with 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 the suits and everything like that. I mean, we gave her our, our, our first one. Like she come back to me, she said, and I and I gave Jeff the compliment. I said, this woman here said that was so easy to read. It was great to read, you know. So you've got to watch how you do your reports. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I used to get a report too, and I we helped sponsor some people when it, the place I was at. It was like one line. I fished a tournament on <laughs> Sharon Harris. That was it. Yeah. Well, what did you do? What did you throw? What you know? Where'd you finish? They want to know all that kind of stuff. So Jeff has broke it down even more, and just pictures. We've put pictures with the stories and everything. So that's helped out. So I would tell anybody take pictures. Yeah. Even if you don't have the 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 pro cameras on the back take pictures with your phone and and hang on to that and send it into them they want to see that yeah we make a joke about i carry about five or six different hats in my boat when i catch a big fish i'm like each I'm changing hats, changing same hats here. you know and and we joke about it well i just made the front of a magazine because i flipped onto one of those hats yeah. right and um you know it's just it just helps out you yeah. got to think in your head ahead of time like Okay, how can I promote this company yep. more? And yeah. so there's four or five hats in there. Yeah. I always tell everybody, well, it's in case it flies off or something. No, it's when I need a hat. So. <laughs> well, it's for both, for sure. It's for it, both. It, yeah. that, that comes back to partnership. You yeah. understand the value, you know, where you're adding value to those companies. And, and the biggest thing you can do is take that picture of that nine, 10, six, eight, whatever it is, whatever, whatever the big fish to you with that company's hat or shirt on. And, and the power of, you know, just just to give like you brought up onyx you know rain suits um i think like five guys in the club have gone out and bought them just because of your use and, and word of mouth and you talking about how much you enjoyed them so you know that right there's five sales that they may not have just because how abshire said hey i use this and they're yep. great if you're looking for new rain gear and you know they went out and purchased them so that yeah. that's just a you know a, an example that i know 100 percent because i know the guys that bought them um just from and they have told us i bought them because yeah. Hal said they're great i will tell you just just on onyx this i was at um icast in florida the booth was right next to us, and I was working with Gator Guards. That's mm -hmm. been been one of my sponsors for a long time till they got sold. Um, a rep come up to me, and he had met me before, and he said, "How I want to do something good for you." And I said, "Well, I appreciate that." He said, "What would you like to have from the Onyx Corporation?" And I said, "Money." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that was honest. He goes, yeah. "Well, what about anything else other than that?" I said, "Well." What kind of product are we talking about? 
because now the, they're the ones sponsoring MLF with uh, yep. the, all yeah. the uh, you know, yep. if you look, all their life jackets has got Onyx, rain suits, everything. Hot Depot, big Onyx. Yep. So I said, well, okay, I could use some rain suits and, you know, and, and whatever then. He says, I wish I had your resume. I said, be right back. I go to these shows. I have that resume with me. Not one. I'll carry like five or six. Yep. Yeah, I know I could send it to you, but no. I want you to have my resume. You're sitting at that hotel that night. Nothing to do. You're watching old TV. You done talk to your wife. Man, let me look at this guy's resume. Next morning, he's coming back up to me like, dude, I can't believe you had a resume. I said, you better believe it. You want another one? He just <laughs> laughed. You know? I get a phone call. I'm walking around in Walmart shopping, grocery shopping. It's the vice president of Onyx. And it's like, is this how? I'm like, yeah. He said, well, you know, hey, this is so-and-so. I want to talk to you about, you know, sponsorship. I said, let me get away from the speaker. You know, I'm like, yep. dude, yeah. I, I'm in the uh, the bread section making a deal. And it's been beautiful ever since. Yeah. So I, I wanted to dive in on that, but you already brought it up. So, <laughs> you know, we talked about, you know, building those bridges at the local tournament level, going to those fishing expos and those shows, um, you know, social media, of course. You talked about taking a boat wrap off. Is a boat wrap in a jersey still applicable in your opinion for marketing and selling product or more for other reasons? I would take the shirt over over the boat because and I'll tell you what, here's right here is a good example, okay? I'm gonna do this folks. Right here is prime real estate. And yep. I try to tell everybody that's that's getting their shirts done from here up because where I'm sitting right now, I'm blocking most of the people down here. So when you're talking to me, we're on camera, or if I'm doing something with pictures, here's my prime real estate. No matter how many times this picture gets taken, one time it can be out 10, 15 different times everywhere else. Now, just like Ben with his company, if Ben had sunglasses covering up right here, because a lot of guys put their sunglasses right here. Well, I did some, some speaking engagements at different colleges, and I told him, I said, take those sunglasses off that hat. And he looked at me. That's your advertisement for your sponsor right there. Mm. You're covering up everything there can. So you make sure of that. And I said, make sure your top people are here. Because if you're sitting at a table, I want that advertisement there forever. Mm. And no matter what, that boat is only one time you're seeing that boat up and down. I think the jersey is the big thing. Yeah. I, and, yeah. And I always make sure this is prime real estate. You got your big one, yeah. But then everyone else up here, you better believe those are my those are my go-tos big time. So, and I, I think that kind of reiterates what Harvey talked about when we had him on because he yeah. talked about you used to be able to call somebody and say, you know, I, you know, I'll put your on the wrap, and that's they would figure miles and cost per mile oh, because you're rolling that. billboard. Yes, sir. And he said now companies know not that they don't care, but it's not at the top of the yeah. list. They don't. It doesn't really matter that you drive ten thousand miles this year. It doesn't have the same value that it used to. Pete, that was a big thing. That was a really big thing years ago. We had to figure out how many miles. Uh, I had an article written about me and um, another guy that was local here, but he was on. FLW, and uh, he he come back and tell me he said, "Man, we got like thirty five thousand hits last night." I said, "What are you talking about?" He said, "You didn't even know it." He said, "But you're already written about about your boat and truck being wrapped and mine too." 
And he said, it's amazing how many hits. And he was talking about how many miles we ran, how much hmm. advertisement we ran. And that's what their whole connection was, was then. But you don't never talk about now. You don't hear people talking about it, you know, how much that boat wrap means. Yeah. You know. Uh, and plus, I mean, you're looking between two to $3,000 to boat wrap. If that company's not doing it, then it's coming out of your pocket. Yep. And, yeah, I'm hoping that you're going to get some money somewhere from somebody. So, well, when, when was the last time you had your boat wrapped? A couple years ago, I have been very fortunate, and I'll tell you this, and not many people are going to understand this, I would have two to three trucks wrapped a year. Uh. Every oil change, I've got a brand new truck. Huh. Every oil change, i got a brand new truck wrap. Lear gave me a camper shell. I had my camper shell done. I had my truck done. I had my boat done. I had a free boat wrap, free truck wraps. And I know I've never ever paid for a boat wrap in my life. So awesome. the company I was with, every time, every five thousand miles, I got a brand new truck. So I had I would have two trucks, one taking a wrap off, and they'd have have another wrap on another truck waiting for me to go. They'd be putting a camper shell out, and I'd be go. Yeah. And uh, so I've never ever ever paid for a boat wrap, and I never will. <laughs> and I will tell everybody yep. if you do a boat wrap, wrap with company that's going to do it for you yeah they're the big center of tension but you see where the guys are putting on top of the rail yep well i had done that years ago but i don't put it in the wrap yep if you lose them take that old heat dryer they're off yeah but if you you stick it in 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 your boat wrap it's there for it's there it's, it's there. there until you take it off yeah. yeah so i would always tell them i said i want all my decals on top here's your main deal i know if i lose them i'm it's going to go anyway yeah. yeah so yeah so yeah you're starting to see that where they're using vinyl stickers you know for those those secondary and tertiary uh sponsors sir. because they do yes, from sir. time to time swap you know your title sponsor like you said if you lose them you're not going to be fishing anyway so because they're you know those are yeah. the ones that, in tournament that you're looking for to to help carry you i just had a major sponsor come up to me this past year and he says hmm he come into Halmart and he goes, your boat's not wrapped. I said, no, sir. And, and I said, and no, no one wants to do it, so it's going to stay unwrapped. I've got a couple things on my windshield, my brand, and just a few right. things, things I have to have. And he said, okay. He says, I'm going to stroke you out a check anyway. <laughs> okay. So he sat right there and stroked out a big check for me. Yeah. He didn't ask me to wrap it, nothing. He says, I just want to make sure that you're having fun. Now, how many sponsors are you going to find doing that? I don't know. I very, mean, very I few, mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not sitting here bragging. I'm just telling you. Yeah. That's what relationships with companies will bring. And he just says, he didn't say, I want you to make sure you bring me advertising. He said, I want to make sure that you have fun. And, I mean, that's tremendous. That's yeah. tremendous, especially today. You know, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's almost unheard of. And I just it, it's very unheard. I think of. it speaks to the value that you bring, you know, as as an angler and as a, a an influencer, if you want to say that, or, you know, a social media presence, a salesman. At the end of the day, you know, if we're working for with sponsors, aren't those partners, we're salesmen for them. So, uh, you know, it just it just goes to show the value that you add, because, yeah, that been a long time since I've heard uh, heard anything like that in yeah. fishing. So that. That's refreshing that at least one company out there, uh, you know, still thinks that yeah. way. Yeah. Well, that's a value-based relationship yeah. rather yeah. than a transactional-based yeah. relationship. So we hit on a lot of things talking about, like, 
you, you gave a lot of insight, like how to build that foundation of getting into the industry, setting conditions with your, you know, with your behavior and how to create a reputation and how to approach some of these companies. You talked about this resume, which is really important. Um, I kind of want to move on to fishing for a few, or no, I, what I wanted to ask is, so business relationships, fishing tournaments, working with sponsors, working your way up, who have been some of the most inspirational people in the bass fishing world or outside the bass fishing world that have kind of helped you? I know you said you started it by yourself, but who have been some of your most inspirational people that you met along the way? Hmm. That's a pretty tough one there. Besides Shaw. <laughs> no, not besides Shaw. I mean, like, because, uh, you know, like, and, and it doesn't have to be inspirational, but some of the best. In, I, would, I think influential. In, influential. Probably, yeah, yeah, influential, like, mentors or just friends and stuff yeah. like that. It, you know, I've, another guy I was talking to today, I've been on the phone all day, as you can tell. Uh, <laughs> two sponsors have been going. So, um, you know, the one guy I was talking about, he says, you know, you don't realize this, but you mentored me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it. And he's in Arkansas now. And he says, you mentored me as a college student. And that's that's what I'd love to be there to all these young people coming up now you know, and, and anybody. And so I had to look for some people, too. But my very first one was my uncle. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my dad was killed when I was 10 years old, Vietnam, going to Vietnam. So I had nobody. Um and when I was telling Jeff today, I said, my mom, give me a shotgun at 12 years old. Go out and hunt, mm. you know, yep. go fish. We did that back then, you know. And so my uncle, he lived in Pennsylvania, but he would go to Florida in Saint, at the St. John's and stay at some of the camps. He'd bring his trailer down there, and he would load up all the baits and everything he could buy for me. He'd go to two, three tackle places, and he would bring just a big tackle box home to me. So when he'd come back up, going to Pennsylvania, he'd come to my house, and he would just hear a little how. This is what they're doing down in Florida. This is what he gave me this lipless bait. I'm like, what the heck is this with no bill on it, you know? I'm like, yeah. there's a rattle trap. Yeah. I didn't know what a rattle trap was. I said, yeah. I don't want to throw this stupid-looking thing. It's going to have no bill on it, you know? Yeah. And when I finally threw it, I'm like, good Lord, this thing, and oh, God, a fish got it. He was my mentor growing up because, you know, a lot of people have dads or a grandpa or anything like that. They were all dead. And I'm like, I didn't have anybody. So my uncle, he become my mentor. Uh, he told me my first boat, it sucked. <laughs> he said, you're not going to go nowhere. <laughs> and he says, you need a boat. You know, if you're going to fish with the big boys, be like the big boys. And I learned from that. I had to dress like the big boys. I had to look like the big boys if I wanted to be with the big boys. And that's what what, what my mindset was. Man, I, my tournament shirts was all tucked in. I was, you know, everything was sharp. Well, I had a 50 bomber bass boat with a tri-haul on it with captain seats like these are riding around like that. And it was a pull rope 50. Mm. And I had a, I built me a kill switch on it so I could fish big tournaments, man. Yeah. Well, the guys tickled me because they, they all made fun. They, they said they never saw anybody jump on the back of a boat, do this number, and run up there and kill switch so I could be in the tournament. <laughs> and I, you know, I, was, I wouldn't even look back. I would not even look back. So I made the first state finals in a 50-horsepower Malmer bass boat, 1970-something. 
And I put a flooring in it and everything. My uncle looked at me and says, still ain't going to do it, son. <laughs> so time I made the state finals, I went out and bought me a brand new Stratus bass boat. Mm, there you go. And a big 150 on it, you know, just about black max on it. And I'm like, man, I'm cool. But when it come to pros and stuff, I think, you know, I was once listening to Hank Parker, to Jimmy Houston, you know, Bill Dance. I mean, those were the three main guys. And I would look to see how they carried themselves. Now, in saying that, isn't it funny now? They were like my heroes. Now, I can sit down, just like I'm sitting with Ben. Me and, me and Hank can sit there and talk. Hey, Hal. Hey, Hank. Mm-hmm. We've become friends, and we did an interview three or four years ago. Guys wanted to interview us down there, and I said, I don't want to interview. I want to just talk. Yep. And we talked, and Hank, when we got up, Hank said, that was one of the best deals we've had in a long time. You didn't interview me. I didn't interview you. We just talked about fishing. And it was just like you could hear a pin drop in that whole place, you know, because we just talked. Mm-hmm. And I think Hank is like, you know, a, a, a big person to follow. Uh, yeah. You know, his Christian faith is strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still, he's still got it, you know. Yep. You know, he's just he knows how to talk to a crowd. Yeah. And I'm getting ready to do the show at English Choice coming up to in there. And Hank will probably be there. And he and I always have a good you know, conversing with the crowd and everything like that. So he's another one that was a really good follower. But, yeah, I think, you know, I know you probably wanted to hear about a fishing guy. I wanted to hear uh, whatever he had to say. But the uncle, my uncle, yeah. his, he's dead now. He, he was my big, big mentor. Uh, so I think everybody's maybe got a relative, maybe, or even a friend. Sure. You know, a friend next door. And that's what I've tried to be to a bunch of young guys coming up. You know, um, I try to be that guy. I try to be that uncle, yeah. you know. As one guy, another guy out in Arkansas, he said, he calls me Pops now because he says, he said, you're more like my dad than my dad, you know, yeah. because I taught him, I made him a, I made him a Carolina rig monster from, you know, before he left here. And he was like, man, I can't leave this Carolina rig stuff, which everybody else hates, but you know, I, I catch my fish on. So for the most part, oh, I get somebody with a big, big, I throw an ounce weight on it and I go at it and I go. So I'll knock you out if I hit you with the weight type. You know, you know, so. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody has, I mean, you know, you hear that question asked a lot, like, who is your inspiration? How did you get into it? But I've been surprised that there's been so many different answers. You know, it's not just professional anglers. In fact, a lot of it's family or relatives or great, great friends that introduce you to the outdoors. Um, but but I one thing I have heard or we've all heard is when you get in, when you want to get into this world or any really profession or anything you do, like really important to find a mentor, yep. like somebody that you can trust, uh, that you have a value based relationship with that's going to steer you in the direction that they think you should go in. Um, because even retiring from the army, like I'm going to have to find a mentor on the outside of the army to figure out what the heck I'm going to do next. Right. You know what I mean? It'll be me. Yeah. I'm going to pick Pete. You know, 100%. <laughs> so what did I tell you? What's that? What did I tell you when you asked what I told you two words? Oh man. I, I said, know. enjoy life. Enjoy life. Oh yeah. Enjoy life in my because, Facebook post. Yeah. Because I'm yep. telling you when you retire, I told another friend this and I said, don't go to work right away. Nope. You will you will smoke yourself out doing that. Yeah, I took uh, six to nine months off. Yeah, and um, best thing you can ever do. That's what every single person said. Uh, yeah. The guy I replaced when I went to work was actually my 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 uh, maintenance commander. Really, and uh, he told me he went straight to work the next day. He says the worst thing he ever died. Yeah, and he died after that when I replaced him. Mm, he had right. Agent Orange. He was a pilot during Vietnam, and he told me he says, "I wish I would have done what you did." 
Yeah. So I would tell anybody that's going to retire because, you know, you retire at a young age when, when you're in the military, yeah. Yeah. you know, and just enjoy life for a while. That's what I'm going to do. You know, it, it's, it's too short. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna go sling one ounce weights around with a Carolina. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, 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 that leads me to the next question. So, you know, a lot of anglers are known for, especially the the old gangsters, right? Like they're known for something. The the Tommy Biffles, the the Fritzes, you know, Shaw, Hank, Hank. Um, he's a master with like a spinner bait, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, well, yeah. What was your what What would you pride yourself on being like that? That's my main go to technique. I know you're awesome with jigs, by yeah. the way. Well, young young guy, I teamed up with with um, uh, tournaments. I, I met him through when I did. I, I used to go up to uh, NC State and do mm. speaking engagements up there with them. And um, I pulled him to the side. I said, "Look, I said it's been a long time since I did team tournament because I had an awful experience with a." Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I had him through because of a sponsor. That's the only reason he was in the boat with me. And I swore off being team deal. <clears throat> well, I pulled him aside. I said, look, there's a, a benefit tournament going to be at Jordan. And I said, would you fish it with me? And I said, look, if you don't like me, if I don't like you, before we get out of the parking lot, we'll talk about it. Yeah. I said, no hard feelings. And I fished with him and he, I stopped and we finished like second or third in it. First time we ever fished together. And he goes, I said, What do you think? I stopped. I slammed on the brakes. I said, What do you think? We stopped up there with the bathroom. I just slammed yeah. on the brakes. I didn't let him go any further. I said, You like me? You like, like you fishing wise? He goes, He just smiled. He said, Yeah, let's do it. You know, I said, Okay. So three years, man, we just tore it apart and uh, we won a championship and everything together. And so the kids from, from NC State, they asked him, he said, man, what's Hal do to catch all them fish? He says, you really want to know? And he made a joke about it. He go, Carolina rig, Carolina rig, Carolina rig. He said, what? He's not a Carolina rig. He said, that's all the man throws is Carolina rig. And, and he said, I've never seen anybody catch big fish. And he's out there throwing these big old crankbaits, you know, like this. And I'm just throwing a Carolina rig right behind him and just bringing them up, bringing them and that that sort of have become my forte with it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Now, when it comes to shallow stuff, yeah, I got some other stuff that uh, I think is great. We'll talk about that off camera. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, we do have the map right here. That's right. So. <laughs> it's funny how it's funny how we get associated because he's telling that story, you know, Carolina rig, and all I can think of is how much money I've donated to Todd Parker and his dumb wacky rig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. But you know that, and 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 I'll be honest with you, like to sink and catch worm yeah. um, and I'm, I'm not saying because it's just deep creek but I'm, honestly um, when I came back from when I had my I blew my bicep out from fishing so much that, mm-hmm. that was two years ago, <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. You, yeah. You, need, you need to put that look. on your resume by the way <laughs> <laughs> look I've had I blew this out setting the hook on gas I mean on, on Harris and then they re, re, my rotator cut I know we're getting off the subject no, no you're, you're good. good but then then he told me, he says, oh, my God, do you fish all the time? He said, you're, you're, you're worn out. He said, you'll be back. Four years later, I blew this completely out. I fished the championship up on car. My, my bicep was down here, and I'm trying to sling spinner baits. And so I'd go to left-handed. I'd go left-handed. Marty Stone told me, he said, if you don't learn to throw left-handed, you know, I'm going to get you when we fish. <laughs> so I had to learn throwing left-handed. And so that helped me out. So we put that back together and put the ligaments all back together. 
And I'm like, yeah, I can do this, you know. So it's it's like I've been a bionic man. So like you said, and then I blew my meniscus out mm. last year, and they repaired it. Now they said I'm bone on bone, and I'd fall in the boat just netting a fish because my, my knee had given out on me so much. So now I've, I've repaired the entire knee. So if somebody says fishing's not a contact sport, look at my <laughs> scars. That's yeah. all I'll tell you, man. You know, how many guys have come on and say, Hey, this is what we're doing during the off season, you know. I mean, you and Shaw, yeah, you yeah. and Shaw. Oh, yeah. 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 No, no one really understands how much stamina it takes. Uh, oh yeah, when you're fishing a full day in the summertime, twelve hours a day. Yeah, if there's any waves out there offshore bouncing around, like it takes a lot of physical stamina. And then add the multi-day tournaments into. Oh yeah, yeah. we're not even talking. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and you know, um, here's another thing that might help somebody. <laughs> I put my wife got me a a cushion and yeah. it's ergo's cushion to actually to sit in my seat because I've hit so many big waves. Ghost waves is what gets you. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You know, where'd the boat come from? It's gone, but there's a ghost wave coming at you and you pound. It's a wake boat. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but but I mean, I put a cushion now down just to help yeah. me. Rick Klung sits yep. he sits on uh, uh memory phone. Yeah. He sits oh, on really? buoys. And the other thing is you take your wallet out of your back pocket. Oh yeah, yep. that's I, number one. And I, 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 I sit it in my in my center console. Yeah, that's where mine gets. One because if I'm out there drowning, you know, I'm like, or you get fall out and they don't have everything wet. Yep. which I've done that too, hit first. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, there's so many things that goes on for yep. the body. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. we take such a beating, and look how long I've been doing this. And I mean, my body is, I, I'm, I, I've even. I'll tell, I'll tell you this, too. I tell everybody, be careful of skin cancer. Yep. You know, yes. we're out there in the hot sun, like Ben said, 12 hours a day. Yep. I had a a little tiny dot right here. End up 42 stitches later getting that little tiny dot out. Mm. Wow. So I want if I could tell any of the listeners here, it's, it's, it's not a crazy thing to go get checked out. I go once a year to UNC, dermatology, one of the best there is. And if they hadn't have found it, it was right over the lymph nodes. Right. And that little tiny dot they found because they have teachers in there. They have doctors and then the doctors doctors to come in too. So they checked me over two or three times in one day. Um, I, try to, I try to explain that to people with all, you know, they see us fishing and they see us with our long UPF shirts and we're wearing gloves. And sometimes you have the face shield on and, and they're like, why are you doing all that just to look like the pros? And it's like, no, I, you don't understand. Like, tr- I know last year I spent well over a hundred and some days on the water and most of those days are sunny and hot and, and sunscreen is not enough. You got to protect yourself yeah. and, and yeah. skin cancer. I, I hate to hear that you fought that and, and I'm not trying to, to stigmatize or throw, throw you in a category, but talk to any old angler that's been doing it for a long sure. time yeah. and almost every single one of them has the same story. That's right. They we, found a dot here. They yeah. found this there and I ended up with, you know, with skin cancer. We didn't know any better. Back yep. Then, exactly. You know? Um, you know, and, and that's why the company that's supporting y'all, Carolina Waters, I mean, mm-hmm. that's great with all mm-hmm. they have. Yep. So, I mean, that's a that's a great deal that they're, they're doing for you. Um, you know, I, I I had to go get a spot taken off my hand. Now, I know to wear gloves, but over the time, yep. you know, so now they, they've looked at me and said, all right, now we want you to come back twice a year. I said, no argument. I'm coming. You know, um, it's, it's a very dangerous thing, skin is, cancer. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I'm very, very well aware of it. And... Um, you know, I make sure I put all the lotion on everything, you know. Puts the lotion on yeah. its skin. But my bad thing is, <laughs> is if I do it at home, 
all it's going to do is rain. So I wait till I get in the boat. If uh, I do it at home, yep. it ain't going to, it's not going to be sunshine. So, <laughs> so I wait until I get in the boat. So, and do it. so Hal, everyone, Hal is superstitious. <laughs> yes. Yep. Banana or no banana, Hal? You know what? It has never bothered me. Oh, same ne- here. Never has. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've had, I've had, um, certain things that I would do for superstition wise or anything like that, but I've never had anybody really put a banana in what, the boat. Wait, 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 be, be more specific. <laughs> like wear the same pair of underwear without being washed. Like what did you do? There's, there's certain hats and certain t-shirts I will not wear. Oh, um, different colors or different things that I will not wear because when I've worn, I've, I've, I've sucked, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I've come to find out that it's not only me. No, you know, so it's a fish sometimes, you know, and that's, that's the way I'm going to look at it. Yeah. But it's I, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you know what? I will not wear a certain hat yep. because mentally I'm thinking I got that hat on. And when it starts going bad, I'm yeah. like, man. Now, we just talked about this, too. We laughed about it. I said, I'm already lining my hats up on my boat from when we go to Okeechobee. Yeah. So, yeah. so I know which hats I'm going to bring down there, which shirts I'm going to bring down there and everything. So I, so, I was yeah. on a hot streak fishing yeah last year the year before in tournaments and I, I was having a really good run and then i forgot my hat one day and i just grabbed one of the spares in the back truck i think i had one keeper that day and i all i could think about the entire day was the hat. <laughs> but you see now, now mentally oh, yeah. you've thought about that hat not what you're doing yeah. no exactly yeah. it gets yeah. in your head yeah. so yeah. i'm 100 percent with you on yeah. that if i go out if i wear a new hat and have a bad day i'll never wear that hat fishing again yeah. I, I gotta i gotta like full disclosure <laughs> like i used to be a i still take a banana in the boat in fact i took a banana boat on sharon harris on uh the first of the year um but pete i wasn't catching them so i so i ate the banana (laughs) and then you caught and then i caught two see so now my mind is like it's the banana yeah i'm conforming to superstition yeah i figured it out dad (laughs) yeah so oh you did oh yeah oh yeah so we'll tell that story pete's dad (laughs) threw a banana in his boat at uh at Lake Norman, so yeah. Now that you know, so I know it's, I know it's getting a little chilly in here. Like guys, we are, uh, um, you know, we're going on the better half of an hour and a half. Um, I have two more questions for you. I'll turn it over to guys, but I want to ask the same questions that Pete had asked Shaw, right? Or I asked Shaw this one, and then I think you asked him the other one. What is your most memorable in a tournament or ever? What's your most memorable fish catch? I know you dropped 40 pounds last year, but I mean like one fish, if you can think about it. Yeah. Pete, I'll let you ask the other one because I know what it is. Um, I'm going to tell you it's a fishless catch. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. First, I'll, I'll do one. I, I caught a big one <clears throat> in a tournament at Falls Lake on a black and blue jig. It was a 9-3. And it was a fight, like it was. It was green. It was, and I and I referred to it like being a bulldog on the end of a chain. Mm. He comes in that chain when he when I was flipping. So when you're flipping, you don't have that much line out. And he yeah, went right. to the end of that line. Now look, guys, this is before braid. Oh, so this was probably seventeen pound test line, maybe you know. <clears throat> and I had a pull pull stick for for you know yep. for a stick and everything then. And I caught it, and that was that was a great catch, but. The one that I missed is probably the one most memorable. And I say that because I caught this fish on a Bagley's Killer B2. Now, this was in the days before 
I changed hooks. This was the old factory hooks, the old silver looking yeah. ones and everything. Didn't sharpen them because we thought they were sharp. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as Jeff knows, I was showing him what I, I was doing by the thumb test. I, I mean, I make sure. Even Marty Stone said I you, had the sharpest hooks. You because, stab yourself? Oh, yes. I, I do, buddy. I've done every bit. So I caught this big fish, and he's coming up out of the water. He went back down and come up with nothing but weed in his mouth, both sides. He's going, knocking everything off. He come up three times. I had him on 14-pound blue strand line. I mean, that, that's what yep. we had back then. Oh, mono, huh? Oh, yeah. Mm. And the third time... He pulled off, and he's doing one of these slow dances and everything like that. And he pulled the hooks out of my crankbait. And he come up again, and my brother's with me. I said, I said, oh, my God, there's another one. He said, he slapped me on the back. He said, forget that. Let's get this one. All of a sudden, my, here comes my crankbait going, oh, God, that was a fish. He was knocking the hooks out of his mouth still, mm. you know. Mm. So I'll always remember that. And I will give you one catch that. We was doing an outdoor show on High Rock. And this is pretty cool because the camera guy, we stayed at the hotel. And he said, I got to leave my cameras outside because we don't, it's summertime, didn't want to bring his cameras in and it would um, frost up. You know, okay, how, yeah, how yeah, yeah. it would fog up from cold to hot. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we're running out there in the tournament and he's in there with the camera and everything. And uh, so, my my co-angler, he jumped in the back because, my God, he'd hit every tree limb there was. He was so nervous. He was scared to death because we was on camera. They told him he couldn't smoke. He was so nervous. He was wanting to smoke. And, and he hit everything. I think he hit the camera guy. He hit me with the worms and everything. He was just scared to death. You know, he first time he'd ever been on a camera. Mm -hmm. So finally, the guy says, look, this is not going to work. Get in the back and be quiet. You know, like that type deal. Well... <clears throat> 18-foot drop-off in front of a boat dock. I knew this boat dock great. It was good, but the shallow part was the best. Well, I was working my way around it, and I said, well, heck, I'll just throw this bait in there. It dropped down, dropped down, all of a sudden, boom, boom, and I set the hook. And it was like, as they say, on with Donkey Kong. It was That's there. Right. It, my rod was bending down. It was going crazy. It went under the boat. It's coming up, dancing alongside there. The camera guy's going, oh, my God. I said, oh, man, he's really getting, oh, my God. He's in there rubbing his camera the whole time. Oh. He's going, doing this number and everything. Oh. The camera was so fogged up just from being heat in the morning yeah. that he lost the entire oh. thing. Oh. <clears throat> so this boat, I'm like this, and, and the boat, he comes back under the boat, back towards the dock, up in the air again. He's going, oh, my God, oh, my God. Now, this guy had just come back from Alaska doing some big fish stories up there and now he's down and he said oh okay oh and i thought oh man this dude's really catching it and then i hear him under his breath really talking i'm like oh crap so my guy admits <laughs> it it's a giant right he says wait we got to do this all over i said what are you talking about <laughs> he said man my my camera's all messed up so i'm thinking the whole time he's having a great great yeah catch. yeah well his great catch never took he says I said, I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm not throwing this fish out. I said, this ain't like some of them TV shows you've been doing and throwing the fish back out and catching it again. He says, no, 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 just act like you just caught it. And so I did. I took it out of there. I pulled it up out of the water. Water's dripping all out, you know, like the model with his hair and all that like that. He says, he'd been with me for three days doing a half-hour show, but other pictures where we yeah. had caught some, mm -hmm. and he was going to put that in. He said, we'll catch that off of some of the pictures 
that we've got from the last two days. For a half-hour show now, I said, okay, all right, we'll do this. So I fixed him. So when I got this, I said, I want to thank Daiichi Hooks. I want to thank I want to thank all this. I thanked 10 sponsors before it was over with, and he had to put it in there because I never let go of the fish. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my – if that was my greatest fish catch, that was it because I had a buddy down in Georgia. He says – Man, I was watching the show, heard his voice. He says, I knew that was you. He said, but all I heard was, I want to thank my sponsor, this sponsor, this sponsor. <laughs> yeah. He said, I died laughing. He says, you got him, didn't you? He said, I said, every sponsor I had back then. I mean, it was a group of them Good. then, too. That's but awesome. I hit every sponsor then at one time. You couldn't have replicated that fish catch oh, again. Like, no. Hey, no. Can you do that again? No, I don't think yeah, so. Bro. No. Or it, used so. To be, it used to be years ago, guys would throw a hammer out and yeah. play like they hook one. Yep. And then have a have a fish already in live with uh, bring it up for pictures. That's why I told him I said, I ain't gonna do that. Yeah. You know? So it was it was pretty cool. It was uh but just to say that I named all the sponsors and one hit, oh man, that was and it stayed on. That's a, that was That's the beginning awesome. of social media. That's right. <laughs> the first we're, plug. We're, the first plug ever. Well, if I could ever tell you this, another guy down around Newburn area, he said, Man, I couldn't sleep. You know, you get him like two o'clock in the morning. He says, I turned, I got up and turned the TV on. He said, I heard his voice. He says, he turned on the fishing show. He said, that sounds like how? And he turned around and looked. He says, hey, I watched you at two o'clock in the morning talking about all your sponsors catching this fish. You know? So, so, so the guy from Georgia, guy from Newburn, all talking about it. Awesome. The, yeah. the first two followers. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, Hal. We, we'd like to ask those questions because we all have those memories. Uh, he nailed them both off one question. Yeah, Pete was going to ask you, like, what is the Most one that... memorable loss. Yeah. yeah. He What's the one there. that haunts you for the rest of your life? Well, and, look, you got to think about that. When a fish pulls all the hooks out of your crankbait. Yeah, that's, you know... Yeah, you just, I mean, that's a strong, strong fish. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Guys, do you have anything for Hal before we let him plug everything else? I, I don't have anything. No, else. I, 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 I did. I Before you, because we want to give you an opportunity to um, plug all your social medias, all your brand awareness and all that stuff. It uh, looks like the camera stopped. We're the not that stopped? camera we don't use. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So where where can everybody find you and your brand at? You can go Hal Abshire at um, with my Facebook, mm-hmm. and then Hal Abshire at Instagram. You know, okay. under, just straight out Hal Abshire. Okay, that's it's all one word, so and, easy to do. Okay, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll make sure we share that stuff yeah. with everybody. But also, you're at all of the local, a lot of the local shows in the in the Piedmont area, right? Right. With the Angler's Choice <clears throat> and and different companies and stuff like that. So, the companies that support you. Um, who do you want to mention? Well, I'll be with um, Deep Creek coming up at the show. Um, you know, I've been with them. Um, it and I. I'll tell you just another quick story. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. No, you're good. But the, the lady who owned it at first that started Marie, she started it, and um, they had a Hal Afshar day down at one of the the stores down in uh, Gander Mountain down in Fayetteville mm-hmm. one day. Oh, Gander Mountain. Yeah. So. Um, I had my boat out, and I had a bunch of stuff come in. And Marie surprised me and drew a picture. I always told her, I said, I'm going to do something on a boat where a fish is coming out of, like, a tear area. You know, it's all torn oh, yeah. up, and a fish mm-hmm. is coming out. She drew that in black and white, and then she drew one in color. So I have the original 
just like this piece of paper. I have the original drawings for Deep Creek that they oh, use on their plastics today, their bags. And that's from her doing that for me as a gift to me. And I didn't realize she was an artist until that day. Yeah. So I have the original drawings for, for Deep Creek. And so I've been with Deep Creek through two owners. Yep. And the Ballard's own it now. And, um, you know, just, just been super people to work with, with their plastics and everything. Just been really, really good to work with. And, and then they have the Gary, Captain Gary's marine products as well. But I've been with Daiichi Hooks. It's TTI group. And... Um, I've been with them for like 15, 20 years, man. I mean, you know, they just come out with the, Randy Howell is, has, has really come, come up and we come out with the X-Point hooks. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's been real strong. And um, I've been with uh, Spike It. I mean, uh, yep, yep. if anybody likes Spike It, I mean, the thing a lot of people I, I see that don't understand is Spike It also makes the pencil, the markers. Yep. And I can just leave it in my pocket, you know, and just mark it and go with it and you know, like that. So that's been a big deal I like in doing and in different colors. They, they can come up with different colors that you can mix in with it. So Spike It has been with me 15, 20 years as well. Wow. And uh, then I've got, um, you know, Flying Fisherman sunglasses, man. I mean, I actually met them through, I thank them. This is during Desert Storm. This is how far it goes back. I thank them for helping a group of, of Army troops. They sent sunglasses over to a, a unit, mm -hmm. just gave it to them. They didn't want anything. And I, I don't know how. I just I just wrote them and said, thank you for doing it. You know, yeah. I was a Desert Storm, you know, and and I, I just I just thought it was nice that a company did that. So they reached out to me, and we just started talking. And I, I didn't want nothing from them. Next thing you know, they said, well, you tournament fish. Why don't we, you know, work with you a little bit? And uh, so that's that's been since Desert Storm, if you think about wow. it. Mm. About that, I have been with them that long. And that and it's like these three companies, I've been with that long, and every one of them will tell you we're all like family. Yeah. And when you can do that with a company, and that's that's what I try to stress out to these young people right now, you know, make that make that you know, connection, yep. you know. So I've been with them for, for, for a long, long time. And English Choice, gosh, I've been with English Choice. English Choice has been uh, for a long time with them as well, you know. Yep. Uh, so it, it's just, you know, now um, Marty Stone talked to them. They said that they needed somebody to MC. The first time he had done one, he says, well, you need Hal Amshire to do it. So next thing you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, I'll try, you know, and I emceed it. Now it's like, well, can you do this other show for us? Yeah. You know? So uh -oh. so now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm emceeing the show at, um, at coming up at the end of the month here in January. Um, and I normally go to the one in the mountains in Spindale, too. And uh, so you get a lot of the pros come in, and Shaw came in. We we did a roundtable. The pros had never did a roundtable. I had them all all up on the stage at one time. They'd never done that before. And I said, all right, we're going to do the round table. Because the first day I was like, man, this is boring. Ain't nothing happening on a Friday. Yeah. And I said, I got to spruce this up. So I thought about my military days. You got to the round table with the commander or first sergeant or somebody in charge. Somebody's in trouble. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Ben. Yeah. Someone's in trouble, you know. <laughs> so if you're, you know, if so when you come into the round table and there's something going on, or you're having a big meeting. So... I called it that, and and uh, I had them all up on the stage, and I asked them all the same questions, and I had them bickering back and forth, laughing and joking, and that was just a unique deal. So they want to do it again, 
you know, so they had never done it before. So now I got another new group coming in, coming up on this one. So I got Matt Robertson coming in. I got Corey Johnston from uh, Canada coming in. Matt Airy's coming back. And John Cruz is coming back. Yeah. So those two I know about. The other two won't. So I'm going to throw them all Uh-oh. into the devil there. So, yeah. yeah. So, and Hank Parker will probably be in the crowd pushing some some questions on him as well. Yeah. So, and what I do is lead, lead them with a bunch of questions like y'all do here. Yeah. And uh, so I, I really laid it on them and I had them going, you know. So, that's awesome. Uh, so, that's pretty deep, you know. Um, I, I've got like 13 sponsors now. Yep. Uh, you know, and I used to have like 20, 22, 20. I've had as much as 25 sponsors, I mm. think, you know, helping me. And uh, as we say, things happen since certain years, sure. you know, yep. so you kind of people take over, different people take over and then they, they swipe the slate clean and Absolutely. go on to another one, you know, yep. type deal. So, uh, but yeah, those are my main ones and everything just really, really being good to me and everything. I know I'm going to lose, leave somebody, who am I leaving out, Jeff? <laughs> we talked about Onyx already. Yeah. Onyx, yep. We got Onyx, English. Onyx. Oh, yeah, Onyx. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you get yeah. us a list, and we'll put them all down below in the description. <laughs> I got the list yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, you get the rest I of it. I can hand you the <laughs> Help me out. Yeah, so. we, get, we get the rest of that in the description. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, uh, and, and the biggest thing is, if I could tell anybody about having sponsors, is is don't don't just see them in January. And, I, and that's the biggest thing I talk with my sponsors about is that so many guys – only come out when it's time for more money or time for more product. Yeah. You know, if you don't talk to them throughout the year, that's, that's the bad part. Yeah. And I, I've tried to help them when they've had a big group of people. I said, get rid of them, just get rid of them. If they are just there for the product, they're just there for the money. If they're not there to help you, you don't need them. Yeah. You know? So I may, I make you work for it. You know, absolutely. You know, so I think that's the biggest thing. If I could tell somebody is, uh, you know, not only say thank you, but, do your homework, you know. Yeah. Send a report in, you know, and, and and just don't write, yes, I fished at a lake, da da da. I wore your shirt. Just tell them a little bit about it, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's been a big thing. So uh, you know, with with I won championship with Deep Creek this year, the first one they had, um, on Jordan and and it rained cats and dogs. I mean, it was bad, so bad they had to put us in a trailer just to give us our money and and trophies. I mean, it was raining that bad. And uh, but that was a big thing because it was Deep Creek's first first one. So yeah. with Deep Creek, I can always say I won the first one that they yeah the inaugural mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So and you know things like that builds up and everything. So, yeah. But uh, but you know people like Onyx, someone like they still haven't even met me, but yet they're working with me the whole time. Yeah. So but because we keep a connection going the whole time, you know. Yeah. Absolutely, and you you provided a lot of words of wisdom, and I want to turn it over to these guys before. Uh, we close out and then give you one opportunity for final thoughts. Guys, you got anything? Yeah, so last thing for me here. So my, I guess there's two questions. So first is what's your PB? Large mouth. That 9-3. 9-3. Okay. It is 10 o'clock on a Friday morning. No, here we go. You see a 10-pounder on a bed. You get a tournament the next next morning. Are you sticking her or not? Not. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Because I'll, 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 I'll miss her the next day, too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did on Warriors on the Water when I finally stepped down. Uh, the fish hit my boat, and the guy did not have the net down. Mm. And we could have had it. And that's when Shaw was em- emceeing it. And Well, I thought you were going to say Shaw was in the boat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. No, but, uh, you, you know, 
Yeah, that was 93, and that was my, you know, and everybody asked me that, man, I, I figured you would catch, but 10 pounders. Is That's a hard fish, fish to come by. Yeah. Come by. And, mm-hmm. and somebody in this room said they made a, they made a pact with the good Lord that if they caught a 10 pounder, they, they could just die. And I told him he's not going to Florida and die on me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, after, after uh, we get done with this episode, I'll show you where I may have caught my PB on this fine lake right here. So mine was right there. Yeah. Mine, 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 that was mine when was, it had grass though. So mine was right there. I caught two nine sixes that year. It was 2016. So, Oh, you're getting slid. So Pete, what you got? We're getting a note slid. Uh, I, I don't have oh. anything. Oh, yeah. um, I'll give you a chance to, to whatever you got last, but I, I just want to say like the, the big takeaway here is partnerships and not being a transactional relationship. Uh, and, and you see what it's gotten, how you've heard the stories, uh, you know, and that's, um, that's huge. So yeah. how we, we want to make sure that everybody gets, uh, gets shouted out. So go for it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I forgot to say one thing. Uh, You're good. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> Here, here's one thing we wanted to hit on is, is that everybody goes say like to Ben mm-hmm. for, for hit for all, for his sponsorship, you know, Ben's in the fishing business. Okay. So, so people come to him at all the shows. Hey man, I want to be on your team. I want to be on your pro staff. What I have done and it's helped me out tremendously is gone to non endemic sponsors. Yep. Yeah. Yes. My biggest title sponsor is a non endemic sponsor. Yep. I have two, two non endemic sponsors. And because Everybody's going to Ben, but nobody's going to, say, the local Joe's Garage down the road. That's right. right. Well, if people want to know how to approach them. Well, they already know that I'm fishing and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So if they can't pay me, let's say, if, if they can't pay me $5,000 up front, well, maybe they can pay me $1,000 a quarter, $500 a quarter, whatever it takes to help, you know, yep. or, hey, will you pay my entry fees for this year? So... My non-endemic sponsor is my title sponsor. Yeah. Um, super. Just, I mean, um, it's, you know, he's just been, been fantastic. And um, it's just what he has done for me has kept me in the fishing business a yeah. lot. And I have two of them. I have one with uh, Pro Outdoors, and, and then I have um, the, the, the biggest one is, um, let me go down through all my stuff to make sure I get all of them, uh, but um, is Overhills Heating and Air, a heating and air conditioning company. And uh, people look at me when I say that, but he has made sure that I'm still in the business as far as helping me tremendously. Right. Yeah. And, and why? Because people are not banging on his doors for everything, you know. Uh, so he's a mom and pops, but he is he has been true to his word about helping me, and so that's been a big deal for me. I got pro out pro outdoors, um, and it's a lawnmower shop and and, and generator shop and everything. Uh, we've we've made deals with them this past year, and he's come on board with me. So that's more what I'm looking for now is yep. to go to the non endemic. So this is where Jeff is coming in now. We're going to go knock on doors. We've already set up people who we're going to talk to, and people have already talked to me. 
and we're going to we're going to finalize some stuff in there and that's what i want to do instead of hitting the fishing industry i think it's a smart way to do it um you know the fishing industry is saturated and it's good that it's saturated but if you don't look at the local businesses in your area especially especially startups or companies that have been around for a long time the relationships you develop especially being from an area right a little bit harder for somebody like me but at, at the end of the day you can you can help move the needle for a small non-endemic company a big non-endemic company you might be able to move but like when you start looking at these places automobile shops painting companies plumbing companies things like that you know every every person ha well, hopefully every person that's fishing with you has a place to live everybody watching you has a place to live they probably have plumbing issues hvac issues things like that these are opportunities to use these local tournaments regional tournaments as a platform to give somebody a connection i can't tell you how many times people reach out to me from the buddy i know that i fished in my previous club he's an hvac technician right and so that network continues to develop as you fish these tournaments these tournaments are fun but just like any tournament it's a platform just like social media is a platform just like this show is a platform um and in fact we wouldn't even have met each other if it wouldn't have been through mutual friend connections local tournaments that i fished against you and you whooped my butt this year you know what i'm saying <laughs> or last year i guess right i did cut the very last check and that was really cool for you to stand there with me so i received it so i really appreciate that but that's what it's all about and so the small guys can take care of each other um, and that's how you make it as a local, regional, professional angler, too, is by doing things like that, knocking on those doors and saying, here's the value I bring to you because I'm a, I'm from here. You know what I mean? So those words of wisdom are, if, if you're watching this or listening to this, like, you know, take those, take those into consideration because it's much more than just winning a first place in a tournament. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Non-endemic has, non has really worked for me big time. Um, mm -hmm. a lot because I'm firm here, but, um, a lot because they knew what I did before I come up to them. Right. Did a Chevrolet dealership. I used to work for them. I would give somebody a shirt. They bought a truck mm -hmm. and a hat. Had one guy come up to me and said, I'm tired of everybody in our club wearing these shirts and I want one just like it. And I said, okay. He says, I'm going to buy a truck. Okay, only in America can you give somebody a shirt and a hat because they come and bought a truck. Yeah, we were sponsored Joe Nemechek and NASCAR. Mm -hmm. We started up the NASCAR deal and my fishing deal. The owner came into my office. He says, "By the end of the year, I will see either I take fishing or NASCAR." Six months down the road, he come back in my office. He said, "I never thought I'd be in here." He says, "I'm dropping NASCAR." I'm going with the fishing. I brought him like 70-some sales from there, and they were all listed for fishing. And we come up with a big fishing deal. I got write-ups on me from all over the United States about my fishing deal that I had with the, with the Chevy fishing team. And That's what awesome. I did, I put on tournaments for the people who bought the cars and trucks from yep. us. That's amazing. Look, I mean— It doesn't hurt that you— look like dale earnhardt either i'm just saying <laughs> Back then, <laughs> but now you know what dale earnhardt would look like with gray hair yeah. <laughs> the intimidator 2.0 you well, know listen, what i'm saying i also know that you fished uh, the warriors on the water i did in yeah. fact it got me into tournament bass fishing today it's real really a shame and you know we yeah. talked about it during the last episode with yeah. shaw and i fished with a, a, a local here 
Um, and it, it just, so I, I had no idea what I was doing with two spinning rods in a Plano tackle box that I still have out there going 80 miles an hour down Jordan Lake in a blazer. When I started that with uh, two other guys, it took us, um, we, we, we went to a restaurant and we said, all right, in six weeks, we, we put Warriors on Water on. The next year, it took us six months to start. Yeah. So on behalf of that, give me a hand. Oh, he coined me. Pete. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. Ben. Awesome. I appreciate it. This, awesome. this is awesome. I, I, I truly and genuinely appreciate this. This is this is. is the reason why I'm in this room talking about bass fishing right now. I designed that coin. Did you really? And if you'll see on there, you see the 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 men, the two guys fishing. That's your co-angler and angler. And you see the fighter coming over top of it. The F-18. And if you look at the, the stars and go to the right of it, you see the star in One red. red. Mm-hmm. That's for the bloodshed for all the wars. That's right. And then you see the blue, and that's the water down there. So if you turn it around, and then you'll see the state of North Carolina in red, white, and blue with the fighters coming over to protect North Carolina. And it tells you when it was established. That's amazing. 2005. Yeah. We'll that's the some, year we'll I joined the Army. And wow. Put this up on socials for anybody listening. Absolutely. So, that's, so you can um, check it out. You know, I was telling Jeff, as y'all know, that's the highest respect you get when you get coined and, yes and, um, it is uh so i i i appreciate y'all and happy anniversary i'm glad i could Thanks. be your first one on it so yes. i just yeah. want to give you a gift for your anniversary and appreciate that. i appreciate y'all let me come on board and uh appreciate you you know just what y'all do and, and i like it even more that here's all my north carolina boys whether That's you're right. from here or not you're local now and and uh you know i think it's neat and i'm proud of y'all what you've done too you've accomplished Thanks. a lot you know, uh, so I think it's great what y'all are doing. I had to move out of Kalamazoo, Michigan, because yeah, I would yeah. never been nobody with KVD. Right? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> exactly. And I just want to say, like, how this means a lot, because Trey and I have, uh, you know, we formed a really strong friendship. And and I can't tell you how many times he's talked about how how important Warriors on the Water was. I hate that I never got to see it oh. and, and participate, but uh, I appreciate that. And that's going to go uh go with uh, the few other coins that i've, I've yeah. been fortunate enough to get because it does mean a lot so i don't have many of those left so that was from from the era there like that but awesome. uh, i wanted to design something that would come out and people could have and everything so it's, it's just been uh it was a great memory for me people always come up to me I, in fact i told my wife one time i said no one knows me as hal after a tournament angler anymore it's just the Warriors on the Water guy. He's the <laughs> wow. But I was president for 10 years of Warriors on the Water. Yes, sir. And I finally stepped down after 10 years. And, of course, COVID hit and yeah. everything kind of kind yeah. of pushed it aside. But yeah. you're not the only guy to ever who have fished Warriors on the Water that turned around and said, yeah, I, I want to go into tournament fishing. Yeah. Another boy, he went. He was over in Desert Storm. His wife went and bought him a boat, yep. a used boat. And awesome. for a gift, because he fished with a guy who fished the opens, and he talked to him from wherever he was in Afghanistan, kept asking him about things about fishing, and he become a tournament fisherman because of where he's on the water. Absolutely, awesome. yeah. it's it's more it's more uh, therapy than it is energy. Obviously, it gives you that adrenaline rush. It gives you that healthy competition, but you know, for everybody, it, you don't have to be a veteran. You, it, just anybody that is trying to find a sense of fulfillment, yeah. right? Maybe not a sense of purpose, but a sense of fulfillment. 
to me, it is one of the most gratifying things in the world. I mean, Shaw even talked about being able to do both race boats and catch fish, you know, and it was a sense of fulfillment for him. Um, yeah, and I, I know I got him to jump out of the airplane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I we heard. Yeah. We heard. Yeah. So even yeah. though they had perfectly good wheels to land on, I don't know why well, we do it, but yeah. they got me the year before. And, uh, I told him, I said, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I was in the air force. We stayed in the airplane right. <laughs> and we landed them. <laughs> and I finally, I went back to my wife and she says, are you crazy? I said, man, these guys are the nights that was. And finally they put me up with a guy who had like, Five thousand or some mm. jumps, you know, and and I said, "Are you sure you're okay with this?" He said, "Oh yeah, yeah." I said, "He was a young guy." I said, "How many jumps you got?" He said, 5,000. I said, "Okay, okay, all right, you'll do, it. you'll do, it. you'll do, it. you'll do." It. But I kissed the ground when I finally landed. Yes, you did. And uh, but he did one thing for me that I would never forget. He started twirling around. Said, "Look, dude, I don't need none of that. Let's just enjoy the scenery." He said, "Well, since it's you, I'm gonna do something we're not supposed to." He took me up through the clouds, and I took my hands like this. Never forget it. It's probably one of the best moments I ever had. And the clouds rolled in between my fingers, kept rolling back and forth in my fingers. And that was just something little to me. That's right. It was huge. Mm-hmm. But the, I just kept watching the clouds go through there like that. And we landed. I just, we landed, slid good and everything. He unbuckled me. I went right to my ground. I kissed the ground. And I'm going, oh my God, he's kissed the ground. I said, because I ain't never doing this again. That's right. One and done. Well, you know, Hal, we really appreciate you. We appreciate you too, Jeff. And I know everybody can't see Jeff, but Jeff's here. Um, and he is making sure that Hal stays on track with his sponsors. That's right. Um, before I close it out, Ben, Pete, you got anything else you want to say? No, I'm nope. good. Have I appreciate you coming on. Oh, no, no. No, no. I, th- I think it was awesome that we covered all the sponsors and, and you know, sponsorship and be- being a pro and how, you know, how that goes. And next time we're, we're going to have you on and we're just going to talk fishing. That's it. We're, gonna <laughs> we're just going to talk about fishing. We're not going to ask much questions. We're just going to talk fishing. And, uh, you know, you've got, a, you've experienced a lot. You got to fish Sharon Harris and Jordan when they were first made and, and, uh, you know, you've got fish all over the country. So we'll, uh, we'll have you back and tell some stories. Hal, you absolutely are the epitome of what we talk about. We appreciate you taking the time to come to the studio. Um, we appreciate your friendship, your mentorship, your guidance, and you are absolutely somebody that is going to help us continue to grow a culture of anglers, helping anglers one cast at a time. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, son. It's a f***ing toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day.